before Enoch comes and presents about changes, his mission and vision when he goes back to India, I want to say a prayer for us. Um, there's a lot of things going on uh, in your lives. Um, when I interact with you, you let me know things. I ask how you're doing in things, and there's some things going on. So I just want to pray um, a prayer for us, um, the world, um, missions. Um, we're going to hear about Enoch's mission as he goes back to India, but I just want to pray a prayer before we get to hear his presentation um, and to ask God just to, to work um, in this world, uh, around the world, whether here in Vestaburg or in India. God is working around the world. Amen? I have in-law missionary. Kelsey's parents are missionaries in Ghana. There's some good work going on in the world for Christ and leading people to Christ. So let's say a prayer today. God, thank you so much for being the Holy One our rock, our safety, our deliverer. Thank you for being with us today. I pray for the world at, at, at whole and the church and the people that make up the body of Christ around the world. I pray that you would um, protect them, lead them and guide them into the missionary work they're doing around the world, into the work they're doing in this country. I pray that you continue to work, that we would join your work to further the kingdom of God here on earth. I pray for those in this congregation that are physically ill, um, emotionally, mentally, um, whatever the case may be, that you would just be with them, that you would work in their lives and let them know that you're still with them. I pray that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide us into truth today. And we know the way, the truth, and the life is Jesus. And true peace and rest come in that name of Jesus. So I pray that we would lift up that name today as we sing songs about the glorious God you are, the Savior you are. There's no other name but Jesus. So thank you for that beautiful and wonderful name. And it's in His name we pray. Amen. Uh, one year ago at... The candidate weekend, I came up and I, that's when I first met Enoch, when I was candidating for this position. And now we get, I get to hear from him um, today, almost one year later, just over a year later. Um, I'm excited to hear about what Enoch is going to do in India, or his vision. And his simple vision statement I read in his email, it says, to make disciples in India. And we were talking earlier today, and I had the same passage of Scripture in mind that he, that he uh, um, encouraged me with. Um, first, I want to say, I think Enoch has answered this call in, in Isaiah. God asked, who's going to be sent? Who's going to send? Who am I going to send? And Isaiah said, here I am. Send me. I think Enoch has accepted that call to go back to his homeland, India, and say, hey God, I want to do your work. I want to make disciples in the name of Jesus so that people can be changed. And he, he said this verse, and I was going to um, present it before he came up here. It's just how wonderful the Spirit works. And this is what the Lord said to his disciples. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
That's what Enoch's vision is. Going to make disciples. In Jesus' name, he's going to hopefully baptize a lot of people in the name of Jesus. But that's his vision, and it's just so wonderful. I love how God works, because one year ago I met him for the first time, and now we're here again a year later, and he can come up here and present his mission work that he has in mind when he goes back to India. So let's listen to Enoch Bila as he comes up and shares his ministry. Good morning. Uh, I'm so happy and I'm so glad to be a part of um, Ferris Church of Christ. It has been a wonderful opportunity for me to come and speak to you and work with you and be a part of your church because last time when I was working with Rock Lake Christian Assembly, that was a time where I was a missionary for Rock Lake. And uh, when I was a missionary for Rock Lake, I have all these age kids of different age kids where I worked with them and God has really taught many things through Rock Lake Christian Assembly. And I think so one of the blessings through Rock Lake Christian Assembly is Ferris Church of Christ with me, for me. Because I've been, I've been connecting with, uh, when I came, f- when I was uh, living in the staff housing at Rock Lake, uh, one of my co-partner uh, as my roommate, uh, his name is Joseph, who comes to your church. And uh, he, I traveled with him for the first time to your church. So when I came to your church, I really could connect. I can feel this church as a family, you know, um, as God's family being, living together, making life together, and living out the church is something which I really appreciate your church for what you're doing. And in the morning when I was also seeing your pictures of your church history, the timeline of your church, it, was, it just told my heart. And I'm like, man, how many people are doing this, this kind of church nowadays, you know, living together, life, making life together from many years. And I think so, your church has been doing an awesome job in um, being the church, being the kingdom, you know. I really appreciate for that. So, well, my name is Enoch Stud Baila. So that's what my full name is, Enoch Stud Baila. You're like, wow, you got a stud in the middle name. Okay, so, so... My name, Enoch Stud, which is Enoch, as you all know, that Enoch means walk with God, right? And Stud, S-T, it's not a single D, it's a double D, S-T-U-D-D, Enoch Stud. So the word Stud, which is, comes from a missionary name, his name is Charles T. Stud. So my dad kept my name as Enoch Stud, which means walk with God like a missionary. That's what my name means. Enoch Stud. My sister's name is Ida Scudder. She is also a missionary to India. Charles T. T. Stud was a missionary to Australia. And I think so. I didn't know what my name was really in action until I came over here. And I started doing my Bible college at Great Lakes Christian College and learning all these wonderful things about God and the church. And I think so that is something which revealed my call, my vision, and even my explanation of why did my dad kept this name to me, Enoch Stud, you know? So that is really, I really appreciate my dad and my parents, both my mom and dad, for raising me as a godly child, you know? Both my parents back in India are missionaries. My, both my parents, my dad is a church pastor. He's, he planted seven churches in India, 
and also planted an orphanage back in India with 45 kids and 12 widows. And that's my dad's ministry right now, whatever he's doing. And I've been raised my entire life as a pastor's kid. But before my dad was a pastor, my dad was not a Christian. My mom was only Christian. So before my mom, but the reason why how my mom was a Christian is because of her father, my grandfather. His name is Abraham Lincoln. So my grandfather's name is Abraham Lincoln. You might be like, wow, how did he get that name, right? So the way how my grandfather got his name is my grandfather's mother, who was my great-grandfather, great-grandmother, she was during the time of colonization of India. India was colonized by the Britishers in the 90s, in the 1940s, in the 1940s or something. So during that time period, my great-grandmother was working with one of the British colonies as a tailor, as a stitcher. She used to stitch clothes for them. So during that time period, during that process, the woman who was a Britisher gave the gospel to my great-grandmother. And when she gave the gospel, because India is so influenced by caste system. Caste system is a system where it is, people are divided into different classes. And so when that happened, um, my great-grandmother was, was accepted, he, she accepted the gospel from this British woman when she was exposed to, the, to these different concepts like racism, slavery, and inequality among the world, you know. When it was a part of the gospel when she was sharing about that, when you accept Jesus Christ and you come into this kingdom, you are, we all are equal. It's neither Britisher, it's neither Indian, it's not American, neither Jew nor Gentile, <laughs> We all are equal in God's kingdom. And that kind of message really struck my grandmother, my great-grandmother, and she came to Christ. And she was a huge fan of Abraham Lincoln because of whatever Abraham Lincoln did. And she named my grandfather as Abraham Lincoln. That's how my grandfather got his name. And by my dad, my grandfather, my parents, my mom especially was a Christian. And my dad wasn't a Christian. But when there was a time when my mom and dad fell in love, they were dating, my dad was not a Christian. My mom was a Christian, so both the families did not accept the marriage. In India, dating system is not something which is common. Your parents are going to pick the girl for you. Your parents are going to pick the boy for you. It's a very arranged marriage. Arranged marriages are very common in India. Love marriages, you pick your girl, you go date, take her a date, or you know, take her for a lunch or something. That's very uncommon. You don't do that in India. And so when my parents started loving each other and they were really planning to get married, my, both the parents did not accept it. And when they did not accept it, my parents eloped, escaped from their house and came to Hyderabad, which is 13.3 million people of city. That's the city where it's a huge city that my parents came and started to live their lives. And after a few days, few years, my grandfather could build that relationship with my parents because he's a pastor, he's a Christian. So he's like, okay, it's all okay, you escaped, that's okay. But make sure you have a community. You have a church that you can connect with. So when that process happened, my mom started giving the gospel to my dad. So when my mom and dad started going to the church and my dad started interning, like doing an internship under, under this pastor who, was, who he was connected with this church, that's how he felt called to start a church. That's, that's how he came out of that church and he started a church with two families. That two-family church became, right now, a 50-family church, which is like we have like 150 people in our church right now. And through that main church, we could plant seven other different churches back in India where my dad has been working with that. 
And out of this comes the fruit of Enoch. That is how I come. That's how I, that's how I when the time when, I, when he started his first church, that is when I was born. And after, after a couple of years, because I was so connected with my grandpa because he adopted me. My grandfather adopted me. I had my, most of my life with my grandfather because my parents could not afford to take care of both of the kids. I was having my sibling. So my, my grandfather said, I'll, I'll take Enoch. <laughs> I'll raise him. And I'll... So I was, have, I was having a good relationship with my grandpa for 18 years of my life. So after 18 years of my life, my, my time really, sh- like my faith was completely shook when I lost my grandfather. My grandfather passed away when I was 18 years old. And my identity, my relationship was completely in my grandfather. Even though I was raised as a pastor's kid and a pastor's grandkid, my relationship with my grandpa was, was so huge that I, couldn't, my, I could not understand what God's love is to me, you know? So that was a time that I completely, my faith was shook and brought me many kinds of questions about existence of God and my faith and what, what's, what is God's plan for my life, you know? I think so that is something which I keep, kept asking about, where is my identity? Is it in my grandfather or else is it in God? So I think so. This is where my dad came in time where he helped me out by saying, there's a house rule. You say, if you have a problem, you go talk with that person. That's a very common house rule in my house. Like if you have, a, it's even a biblical rule. If you have a problem, you go talk with that person. So my dad said, now you have a problem with God because you think that he did not heal your grandfather. He took your grandfather. He, there's some unfair thing happened to you. And you're disappointed with God. You are questioning his existence. You're questioning the scriptures and all this stuff. This is a problem that you're having with God. The only way that you can solve this is go back to him and ask him to show his existence in your life. And the only way you can do it is through prayer. Prayer is something that you can connect with God. So I said, okay, this is my last and final attempt that I really would like to do and ask God to show himself. So when I was doing that process of praying... I did started reading a book called as Purpose Driven Life. It's a book of Rick Warren. So Rick Warren is a guy, uh, he was, he's, he's a great Christian, uh, and he wrote this book. And in that book, there was a section about God, it, there, there was a section talking about my plans are not like your plans, which really reflected the idea of Jeremiah when God spoke to the prophet Jeremiah, and Jeremiah wasn't really sure about taking this message to, his, to the Israelites, you know, and God speaks to this Jeremiah and says, like, I have, I have formed you. I know you before you were formed in the womb. I know you, and I know what your plans are, but those plans are not going to be like my plans. My plans are so different from your plans. And at some point, I felt, I was so confident in saying that my grandfather is just a part of my life. He is not my identity. My identity is in Christ. My identity in, is in God's kingdom. And that is where I need to invest. And that was a time when I started my small group in my country, and I named it Changes. That's where my small group comes from. And when I, when I started my small group, during that process, I was, lean, I was praying, le- reading scriptures together, making life, you know, as you guys make life together as a church. So when I was doing that, I find peace. I was really felt... I really felt convinced that I wanted to do this 
for my life. I wanted to do this thing for my life. And I went and spoke to my dad and I said, Dad, you know what? I really want to do this to my life, like my entire life. What do you, what do you call this work? It's just like, you're making life, reading scriptures together. What is, what is this? You know, what do you call this? My dad said, that is the church. That's what you called the church. So I felt I was so confident to say that, well, I wanted to start, I, want, I wanted to learn about the church ministry. I wanted to be a part of the church, of this ministry. And that was a time when Darren Penwell at Bailey Christian Church, he, long story short, Bailey Christian Church was a church who connected through my parents who helped to start the orphanage back in India. So when my dad, my, when Bailey Christian Church people, Darren Penwell and Lisa Penwell came to India, that was a time where I connected with Darren Penwell and shared all my testimony, my call, my vision, my burden for the church. And that brought me to Great Lakes. That opened a door for me to do my education, my Bible theology education at Great Lakes Christian College. Because Darren was an ex-graduate at Great Lakes Christian College. He went and spoke to Larry Carter, who was a president at Great Lakes, and connected me to him. And he invited and opened this opportunity for me to come and do this Bible college training. So I started my, I started my life in 2017, January, pretty cold. I did not like the snow. It was so cold that I was not used to it because I come from a place which is pretty hot. It's 90 and 110 all the time. So 90s and 110 was something which I can, I'm used to and I can take that heat. But when it's like minus three, four, you know, that was like, man, I didn't have my coat, my winter coat when I came. I was just thinking like a sweatshirt would be fine. I heard that Michigan is cold, but okay, well, a sweatshirt can do it. And I had a sweatshirt on and I came. And after I came over here, Darren said, I don't think so that's going to work. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, let's look into it. And I went outside the airport. It's freezing. It's like super freezing. I said like, Darren, do you have like an extra coat or something? I need an extra coat. So that's how my life in America started in 2017 with a cold experience and beautiful experience of snow and college and, you know, all things. So when I, when, I, when I come down the road of these four years of my life at Great Lakes Christian College, I think so. I've learned many things. I've done, my, I've done, my, I've, I've done several internships under pastors like Darren Penwell and Andrew Apps and also worked as a missionary with Rock Lake Christian Assembly. And all these experiences that what God has given me and opportunities that God has given me to shape my, uh, shape my ministry calling for the church, I think so. I really want to take, back this, take this back to India. Because something which I strongly believe is there are people who have invested in me and people who have mentored me to be this Enoch today. This is all not in one night that I have that I am today, today it, that I am today is not just because of some few weeks or some few months, you know. It's been several years of my professors, my mentors, my parents, my grandparents who have invested the seed and I would call it as discipling. They discipled me for Christ. And they planted that seed in me that it can grow and make more disciples when I go back to India. And I think so that is something which I really want to do when I go back to India. And when I come to the point of the, re the way how I came to India, the way, I, the way how I came to America was not easy. My visa was rejected for three times. So... When I was rejected, when my, when my visa for America was rejected, I didn't know what to do. Like, I was completely 
confused, like, God, if you gave me this opportunity to do my Bible college, uh, why is the visa getting rejected? Why am I not able to go to America? What's the, what's the problem, you know? But God really tested my call by making sure that, is it that, are you going to stick with your call to be, to work for the church, even though I don't give you this opportunity? Or else, are you going to stick with this call only if, you, if, only if I give you the opportunity at Great Lakes? That's something which I've wrestled with the question of, okay, if I don't have this college at Great Lakes, is still God going to be faithful in working through me? So I really sticked with that point, and again I started praying and asking God by the fourth attempt on my visa, because every time you pay the visa, you need to pay $600 for every attempt of visa. So 600 into three is $1,800, is something which my dad really helped me out. But the fourth attempt, I could not, my dad couldn't afford to pay me the visa expenses. But my, I did have only one option, is to sail my grandfather's bike my grandfather's motorcycle, he gave me as a memory to keep it. And I sold that motorcycle for the kingdom, used that money for my last attempt, and I applied, and I got my visa. So when I got my visa, that was a time where I really, I was running into tears because this is something which I really wanted to invest my entire life into. And I started coming to America to learn all these things about God and the church. And down the road of this last two years, something which God really shaped my call is discipleship. The first time when I came to America, I have a heart for the church. But when people asked me, what is your call? What is God calling you to do? Because as Christians, we, everybody, do have a call to build his kingdom in many ways. But you have to figure out what God is calling you to do in your community, through you, you know, to make a difference. And for me, I think so, the call to me is discipleship. And when, my, when I went to my professor and asked, so I'm trying to struggle with this call, so what, help me out, help me understand, you know? So my professor, John Nugent, he is a great professor at Great Lakes Christian College. His name is John Nugent. I love that man to, to my heart because he is one of my mentors and he's also like a great uh, professor for church ministry. And I asked, him, I asked him, sir, I'm struggling with this idea of call. What do you have, help me, help me understand this. So he asked me, he, what he asked me is, when did you really find the heart to start this ministry, to come into the Christian ministry? When did, you, when did your heart call you to do this? Then I said, when I was trying to do with my small group, reading scriptures, investing to them, and you know, tra- making life with them, traveling with them. I said, that is something which I felt I really wanted to do. And then when, I, when John said, that is called the church life, like as, you, as your dad said, yes, that is church. But I, if, I want, if, I, if I wanted to go into more specifics, the way how you're trying to invest into other people, train other people, and be mentored and mentor other people, that is called discipleship. That's what Jesus did with the 12 disciples. And I'm like, huh, okay. Well, I need to do some research on this. <laughs> so I started digging deeper about it. I started digging deeper about it. And the thing which really fascinated me is um, in the scriptures, and uh, it says um, in, the book of John, China, in the book of John, chapter 20, verse 21. It says, And Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So that really struck my mind. So Jesus was also sent by the Father. 
it's not just only jesus sending the 12 disciples but also jesus was also sent by the father which is discipleship has already started by the father jesus was discipled by the father father sent jesus and jesus sends the 12 so in the book of matthew chapter chapter 28 verse 18 it starts he says then jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and on the earth has been given to me therefore go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the father son and the holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything i have commanded and surely i am going to be with you always to the very end of the age man that was like if this is all about christianity if this is all about what our faith is about if god sends jesus the son and son sends the twelve for the gospel and today i am here able to accept the gospel is because of somebody who has been sent so if i need to act if i need to help other people accept the gospel or access the gospel i have to do the sending thing how jesus sent me how jesus sent the 12 the 12 sent the 12 disciples went all over the nations one of the disciple called thomas came to india and preached the gospel one of the disciples of thomas who came to india that's how india was able to access the gospel and today as an indian the reason i'm able to hear I'm able to, I'm able to hear to preach teach and learn about the bible is because somebody has been discipled somebody has been sent to india and i feel like man if i want to go back to india and disciple for people and invest into god's kingdom in, invest into god's kingdom this is the only way that i can do it this is the way how i can invest into the kingdom to expand it and to move further to build his kingdom even in my absence the reason why i say in my absence is no matter if because india is not a friendly nation towards christianity it's a very very hostile country towards christianity so when that happens you do not know you don't have any guarantee for your life today when you're preaching tomorrow there might be a mob coming you and killing you to death but i strongly can say this is today if somebody is going to come and kill me or take my life they can take my life but they can't take the mission that god has started me started in me whatever that god is going to start through you nobody can steal that as long as you're discipling to other people as long as you're passing the baton as long as you're sending the gifts of whatever the gift that god gave you if you're going to use it for the kingdom nobody can steal that so i think so that is something which i really wanted to teach and mentor other people when i go back to india and when it comes to the mission the vision of changes ministries is to equip the pastors christian leaders christian christian people deepening their relationships in, in their faith and sending them to the churches that they can go and equip other people so that is the vision of changes ministries so once i go back to india the first the first year goals of changes ministries is if you can if uh, i'm going to have a table out there with this my uh, my flyer and a connecting card so If you're interested to know more about my mission, you got my flyer over there and you can you you're you're welcome to pick one and welcome to pick this card. If you would like to be a part of the financial support, this card is going to help me out by putting your name and email address and your uh if you're on Facebook, you can send me a request on Facebook and I'll add you on Facebook and this will help me out to reach out to you to with my newsletters, with my updates. what are how are things going back in india you know so that people who are praying for me financially supporting me can know that this is how enoch is doing back in india and the ministry is going in this way 
So this is the card for that. And uh, this, in, this, uh, in this flyer, you have all the information about the goals of the ministry, whatever, whatever I'm going to have. So if I would really give a glim glimpse about what I'm going to do is, first of all, if I, I want to really want to, do, as I said, I want to do the, the discipleship ministry. And in that program, I'm going to have teaching, Old Testament teaching, New Testament teaching, under, uh, uh, pastoral care and support, and counseling sessions, like counseling Christians, when they have any addiction problems, you know, when they're trying to deal with any addictions, trying to have those kind of ministry camp, counseling ministries, and also developing Christian library materials. Because this is something which I see very important is, in America, you do have the opportunity to access the Bible college, Bible colleges, resources like uh, Bible training and Christ, Christian libraries and Christian materials and books. In India, especially in my place, we don't have that access. So I think so. I have the privilege of having all this training that I want to go back and teach and train the pastors, Christians, to be better Christians. So I think so. That is the place where Christian library materials come in. You know, it's, it's not just teaching, but when people read commentary, comment, commentaries, uh, Christian books from like C.S. Lewis and uh, R. Stanley and uh, John C. Maxwell, all these great leaders... You need this kind of literature back in India so that it helps people to understand and uh, understand the scriptures more better, you know? So I think so that is something which I would like to do when I go back to India too. So it's going to be a part of my vision. It's going to be a part of my mission of making Christians better Christians in making disciples. So this is something which I, re this is something which I really want to do, and I would really appreciate for you to uh, come and ask me questions after, after the service. If you have any questions, I would love to. I'm, I'll be glad to talk to you about it. And I would strongly encourage you to pray for the mission because doing ministry in India is just wa walking on like a piece of sensitive ice. You know, you don't know when you're going to break and fall down. So your prayers will help me out, support, and lift me. If, if you lift me up in your prayers, it will definitely keep the mission going forward in a successful way through the Holy Spirit. So thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. God bless you all. Thank you, Enoch. And I want to share, this verse came to my mind when he's sharing about what you're calling. And Enoch did a very good job of this passage right here. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And this verse is the verse that came to my mind. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us stir one another toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together. He wants to meet with people. He wants to share Jesus with people. He, want, he holds unswervingly to the hope we profess. 
He's accepted the calling to go back to his homeland, India. It's, it is a tough country to live in as a Christian. Around the world, there's places like that. But Enoch says, I'm going back. And I believe God's going to be with him till the end, whenever that end is. And I hope that we have been encouraged by, and you see the title there, Changes. Are you being changed? I know every time I'm in my office, I feel like I'm being changed like every second of the day. Sometimes I'm like, God, what are you doing? I'm just changing all the time, but for the good. I hope that we're being changed. And I want to share this. This is an invitation for you all. But we sang this song when I worked at camp a few weeks ago. Um, and the worship leader and the worship team led this song. Here's what it says. I was nowhere, you came to my rescue. From the grave I've been raised. When I needed a Savior to save me, Jesus, you made a way. I was blind, but these eyes have been opened. Now I walk in the light. Every step on this road I will follow. Jesus, you made a way. You are the way. You are the way. Lost and dead, but your love came to find me. Jesus, you are the way. You are the way. You are the way. You're the light shining bright in the darkness. Jesus, you are the way. Jesus, the only way. All my days are secure in your promise, never standing alone. You're the truth. You're the life. You're my future. Jesus, you made a way. I'm alive in the love that you give me, free to dance once again. You will lead me from glory to glory. Jesus, you made a way. You are the way. You are the way. Lost and dead, but your love came to find me. Jesus, you are the way. Jesus, the only way. That's why we come, right? To celebrate Jesus. To say, Jesus, you came to die for us. And to save us from sin. There is hope in the, in the future. There's hope. Our life on earth will end, but there's hope in Jesus to live the true life, eternal life. And we give an invitation every Sunday. If you need to say, Jesus, you're the only, time, you're the only way I can be saved. And I want to make that decision today. If you need to do that, today's the day of salvation. You come and say, I'm a sinner, God. I confess you. I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's my Savior. And then you're baptized into His name, Jesus' name. We're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We don't keep you under the water, right? You don't die in the water. You do. The spiritual, unsatisfactory life. You're dead to that old life, but what are you raised to a new life? And who witnesses that? Us all saying, we're here for you. You're not alone in the Christian walk. Jesus saved you, now you're with the family of God, and we're here to encourage you. If you want to make that decision, today's the day. If you want to join us as a member of this family, you can come join this church. We'd love to have you. So if you need to make a decision, I'll be up here. If you even want somebody to pray with you, I'll be happy and excited to pray for you in whatever way you need to pray. But if you need to make a decision, make a decision today. As the worship team comes, I'll say a prayer for us as we sing our last song. God, thank you so much for today. 
Thank you for Enoch's testimony and how he got from childhood to now. Thank you for his testimony and his willingness to say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you wherever you take me. I'm going to do what you want me to do. So, God, I ask that you would be with Enoch as he has these few last weeks here in America as he goes back to India. Please be with him and protect him as he serves his people there and makes disciples in Jesus' name. So please be with him as he goes back to India. Be with his family as they're ministering there right now. Just protect them, guide them into truth, and may others be impacted for the gospel. And be with those here today listening that if any decision needs to be made, that you would say, that you would put on their hearts to do that. That they would come to you and say, God, I need you. Please help me. God, help us all as we go out these doors today and whatever comes our way this week that we would know that you're with us. Help us to hold unswervingly to that hope that we have in Jesus. And it's in his wonderful name we pray. Amen.